0: Welcome back to Talkie Talk, movie lovers. Hey, everybody. This is Nathan. This is Tyler. And uh, today we're talking about some movies. Yeah, Nate, what
1: movies are we talking about?
0: For today, I chose the 1974 Chinatown, um, written by Robert Towne, directed by Roman Polanski.
1: And I chose the classic everybody loves, the um, Le Samurai which translates to The Samurai, uh, directed by Jean-Pierre Melville. Oh, shit, that's out, what it's about? You know, it, well, you know, it's, a, it's a metaphor. Uh, written by Jean-Pierre Melville and uh, released in 1967. And uh, honestly, I did not, I think, I didn't know you were going to choose Chinatown, but I chose this on a whim because I watched one of his other movies for class one time and I just didn't even know that this was a crime thriller. I had seen one oh, shot really? before and it, I was like, oh, that looks good.
0: And then that's yeah, I mean <laughs> definitely you inspired. Yeah, it's say. kind of a good um, companion piece, honestly. Yeah, um, hold on, real quick. Let's just do the. Forgot about the synopsis. Um, I like the one that IMDb has for Chinatown. It's uh, a private detective hired to expose an adulterer finds himself caught up in a web of deceit, corruption, and murder. <clears throat> that's a good one.
1: After professional hitman Jeff Costello was seen by witnesses, his efforts to provide himself an alibi drive him further into a corner. Does he get yeah. caught
0: up in a web of deceit, corruption, and murder? Some would say. I'd say he's the
1: spider in this instance. Ooh. it's an interesting thing.
0: Um, yeah, I just finished um, Chinatown. I wish okay. I hadn't just finished Chinatown because there's a lot to think about. Yeah, but I'll talk through it here. <laughs> um, this is live, yeah. unadulterated. people.
1: Uh, you want to start with Chinatown?
0: Sure. Um, right off the bat, let's say for these two movies, uh, what we thought—just you know, good, bad, eh. Yeah. Uh, you go ahead with Chinatown first.
1: I loved it. Thought it was really, really good. Uh, and just really solid all the way through. Um, yeah, it was like a kind of exactly what you would expect from a detective movie, and then like a lot. Added on to that, it didn't. You know, it felt like it kind of hit all the right, like, oh yeah, I know that notes, and then it kind of was like, oh, huh, I liked it.
0: Yeah, I'm with you there, 100. Um, I thought it was excellent. And for excuse me, oh oh, yeah, and I also liked Le Samurai, but didn't like it as much. For me, Samurai was a little eh, yeah towards the side of good, but it was a little like we'll get there. But anyway, (laughs) Chinatown. what? Um well since it was it was my pick, why don't you kick it off? Sure, that the checks out.
1: Um <clears throat> first off, I thought this movie was just like a really I, I loved it writing wise, which is so funny because I feel like on paper, this could be a movie that like I think you could possibly roll your eyes at if you were reading the script. Mm. Where, like, this Jack Nicholson's character is, like, so needlessly snarky sometimes and, like, just often, like, shoots out these zingers and is, like, usually the smartest guy in the room. But, like, his delivery of it and, and, like, pretty much the tone of the movie, I think, really just sell it. And the lines are great, even though they're, like, quips and they're kind of, like, corny. They're just great. Like, there's, I have one written down. There's a lot. Yeah, I don't remember the context of all of these lines that I liked as yeah. yeah, down yeah. the line. Um I liked the his exchange with the guy who he knew from his um old cop days, the guy who he beats up like twice. Um mm. and he talks about his time with the rum runners and he said that like he just he was like, Yeah, he didn't let the rum runners lose a single drop, so we'll hold on to your water for you for sure. It's <laughs> like,
0: Damn so good, dude. Damn.
1: It was <laughs> just like ice cold
0: Yeah, dude. it, it was fluid. just it, it is that sort of like it's not how people talk, but it was Yeah, exactly very consistent and also very clever at the same time.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's you know? another there's another great one when his um he ends up at that woman's house who played the uh, and by like by played, I mean she's the person who was hired to impersonate um what's her face, Mrs. Mulray, in the first part. And then right. she's killed and when he's at his house and he's having that banter with the other cop. The other cop is like, How stupid do you think I am? And he's like give me some time and to think on it. And then later he's like, you think I'm here for extortion? He's like, you know what? I don't need any more time. You're dumber than you think I think you are. Yeah, dude, <laughs> that was like, my
0: favorite line. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's shit. like, like so on good. paper, it's so wordy and like so fluffy that it feels like that could never be delivered. But Jack Nicholson is such a fantastic actor. I dude, mean,
0: like, this was just uh, such a huge just, reminder of that. He just like, yeah. <laughs> I, I know exactly yeah. what you mean. I had that same thought afterwards that I was like, I instantly understood that line, even though if I read it, I would be like, what the fuck does this mean? Like, it's just so yeah, like, Ooh. just the way, like how yeah. punchy it was, he just immediately got it. And you're yeah. like, Ooh, okay, he's quick.
1: Yeah, he just walks that line that the, that the writing, I think also consistently walks of just like corny, but kind of like heavy at the same time. I think it feels like kind of the whole tone of the movie.
0: Yeah, I agree. I honestly, I don't think it's so much corny as I would say, just like stylized, you know, like yeah, it doesn't, because I, I feel like with corny, it's like a little bit, I know what you mean for sure. But uh, yeah, I feel like I it's guess, a little bit more like it sounds kind of cheap. And it's like, oh, that's what you would expect. This I, I felt like I, I do not mean cheap. I just, yeah. you know, there are no, I know you don't like, I know. You don't mean that. I'm just saying like,
1: yeah, no, no. Yeah. But like, but like the moment when he walks in his office, I guess maybe dated or just like true to the form. Uh, to a to a point that it's noticeable, like when he walks in his office uh, at some point near the beginning, and he tells his secretary, "He's like, go to the little girls' room for a couple minutes." <laughs> it's just yeah, like, like you totally know, like what decade it's from. It's 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 great Oh yeah, it's
0: like, yeah. Um, no, absolutely. Like yeah, I mean, there's a lot of like sexism and racism throughout, but, uh, but you know, yeah, it's not a movie that's condoning it. I don't think. Yeah, way. I don't feel that it's way. It's just either. like trying to capture that time period. Yeah, um, I,
1: I think. I, I Yeah, I think it would be missing the point to think that it was like condoning that. I feel like it was actually yeah. very specific kind of with its use of race, especially with like Asian people throughout like being a lot of the servants being Asian. And then at the end, mm. like they like barely get like any lines. And then at the end, it's just that like crowd of Asian people in Chinatown. And like Chinatown the whole time has been this like kind of metaphor for like the like lawlessness of it. And like the, the, the place where you can just get away with things, like the place where things
0: don't really happen. Mm-hmm.
1: Basically,
0: I, yeah. yeah, that was so, yeah, so I have a, I have a lot of thoughts on that, um, that are just coming to me now, as we're talking about it. Um, yeah, I took, I took the ending, So like the metaphor of Chinatown, I think a reason that you see this, like, sort of ca- casual racism against Asian people. Um, it's that idea that, like, in Chinatown, people can get away with whatever, because the people are so, like, beaten down that no one's gonna believe them. And it's that next level up of like, even in the greater city, compared to the elites, everybody else is on the fucking bottom floor and can't do anything. Even if they see it and they know what happened, they can't do anything about it. Um, Yeah, Yeah. it's like great imagery that is just explored fully through the plot and like, the story.
1: Yeah, what I thought it was really interesting about the imagery actually was that there's a lot of handheld and kind of like rugged stuff Throughout, I was curious about that. And then I remember when I, when I was watching during the Orange Grove scene, I was like, wow, this is like really well shot. I was like, this is like, there was like more going on and like more static usage of the camera, like less kind of guerrilla uh, new wave. Thanks, France. Um, <laughs> But actually, I thought it was interesting because uh, Amazon has all these like trivia things, which is what I watched it on. Um, it has like trivia that pops up while you're watching it. And I it actually, there was two cinematographers for the movie. And I think the only scene that the first cinematographer did was the orange grove scene. Oh, really? Um, yeah, because he was just too costly. And he, he was oh, like, wow. which I think makes sense because the shooting in that is much more like a planted camera in a car driving through an orange grove as opposed to like, a handheld camera following um, Giddy's, I think is his name? As, he as far around. as I
0: remember, it was, the handheld camera was used pretty sparingly. A lot of it was static shots for the most part. I felt like the um, the moving camera was mostly used when there was this like, he's like charging forward with this energy and it sort of captures that, that he's like going head first, so he doesn't know what's coming and we're kind of in the same boat behind him. Um, that's the only time that I really remembered that being used i I remember there being a lot of really great um static shots throughout
1: oh yeah and i i mean i i obviously not all of the movie was used with like handheld shooting but i i remembered explicitly thinking that it was very noticeable and like more than i thought it would be used i remember there was the scene where he sneaks onto the he doesn't well he does kind of sneak on but when i think it's the first time we meet the other police officer uh when they're pulling the dead guy's body out of the water it was used there and then it yep. was used while he was walking into the Mulray
0: residence, I think a couple times. That's, that's what I was thinking, specifically those ones where it's like a shaky cam following him. But there was a lot more that, like, it was – the camera was handled very dynamically. It definitely wasn't static. So, yeah, no, I, see what you're yep. saying. I was thinking more just the shaky cam parts. But, no, there's a lot, and it's used super well, I think, yeah, um, really, of the camera moving. Really and – Man, just like pretty much every single shot in this for me, like just nailed it. It was clear that everything was very carefully considered. There wasn't much, if any, like just functional shots, even like the more standard shots. Like I was noticing in a lot of the conversations, especially the early ones where he's not quite uh, in as deep yet. And I think this was the intention. um, There's a lot of times where during conversations it's just like a shot of them alone and then it cuts to a shot of the other person alone and later on they would do one shot that has both people when he's starting to get deeper into it um but i really liked especially the first way that they did it um because the camera would linger it wouldn't keep switching whenever they delivered a a line it would linger on the person to like it would always capture like whatever, if the reaction was like more important than, if the acting of the reaction was more important than the acting of the line delivery, it would linger on the person with the reaction. And it did really, it was like really concise storytelling. You know, like it, it, I like it's that just, it, it yeah. lets the performance like do a lot of the storytelling too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's a, a great combo
0: considering just how many great performances there are in this. Which is incredible, dude. I, like everybody yeah. just killed it. Especially yeah, Jack Nicholson, he's yeah. just a great, yeah, he's just one of the all-time greats.
1: Especially in the scene when he was telling that joke, uh, when, he first, when he first meet the real Miss Mulray, and like, he, yeah. again, like, it's just, I, in the hands of like a worse actor, it just would have fallen so flat. Oh, like, yeah. But he so convincingly plays that character of like, laughing at your own joke, which is uh, like, hard to do, honestly. Like, he's yeah. so... Oh, yeah.
0: Just hyped um, up. And I loved yo, I love <laughs> the transition from the scene before to that next scene because he's in the barber chair and the dude starts telling him the joke and then it cuts to um, the scene of him walking to the office yeah. and like, the la- then you hear the last couple lines of the joke as he's walking into the office. Like the audio okay. like trails through and it really just conveys the idea of like this is just in his head like the whole time he's walking back and he's just like ready to like spit it out when he gets back. Yeah, it was really cool. Like that was something that, like I was like, Oh, I don't, I haven't really seen that before. Like you definitely see like those audio, I forget what it's called. There's a term for it, but those cuts were like audio bridges, the gap. Mm. That was a really interesting one um, because the dialogue like, was, was so disconnected from what was happening visually. Um, but it still like clearly carried like that uh, emotional idea.
1: Yeah. Speaking of transitions, the way that the like the the way that the plot really changes throughout the movie, like it's very nice for most of the first, I feel like twenty minutes or so. I just had no idea this was going to become what what this turned out being this huge oh, like yeah. conspiracy social commentary, like like absolute just commentary on how LA is structured as a city and kind of just society at large. And it's just so effectively that transition is seamless. It's oh, absolutely yeah, it just seamless yeah yeah and i i think it's interesting i think it works really well because we're with um jack nicholson the entire time like mm. I, I don't think there's a single scene that we're not with him or that it even starts without him i'm not
0: even i'm not sure 100 percent, but i think you're right i'm trying I'm, I'm trying to go back through it yeah well I-, <laughs> I think no i mean i just watched it so like I, i'm pretty sure you're right and that's a really good catch i didn't even notice because it was it just made so much sense for the story they were telling. Yeah,
1: yeah it's, yeah. I mean, it's, I, I love the scene when he's, um, but I feel like through, because throughout, like, even though the plot develops into something, you didn't see it. I feel like when you go back through and you look at it, like it feels... Uh, Imagery-wise, that that stuff is always there. Like mm. when when he goes down to look at the spot where, um, Miss, like, Mulray was um, asking the kid how, like, when the water comes through. Um, there's that sign that says you can own a business on this block for like five dollars or something. And it's just in the gutter under the bridge, and uh, it's mm. just like it's just cool to look back. That like after you know where the plot went, and you know you see these things that are pointing towards the theme that you know comes to fruition in the end but then you have those thematic bits throughout you know it makes it feel so much more cohesive and just like 100
0: percent together there was one that blew my mind and i just like was so stoked when it happened um (laughs) when so like very early on when he goes to um mrs mulray's house and talks to um, the guy fishing the, like, dead grass out of the pool, and they have the little exchange, and he's like, "Oh, it's bad for the grass." And he like, makes fun of him. Um, yeah. First of all, I love that he missed such a huge clue because he's yeah. like, "Fuck this Asian guy, basically. He's just <laughs> yeah, like, he yeah. wouldn't, like whatever. I'm not going to get any information from this guy." And he just like could have saved so much time if he had just, like, like I don't know, engaged with him or something. He was like, oh, like, what's yeah. bad for the grass? Just nothing. He just, like, brushed him off and made fun of him. Yeah. Um, and there was a shot of the glasses in the water that you couldn't quite tell what it was. Oh, really? Yeah. There was a. Sh- I think it's the exact same shot the second right. time when he notices it. Huh. Because, like, you see it and it's, like, something glistening. And you're not quite sure what it is. And then I completely forgot about it. And when that happened again, it was the same shot. I was like... It was there the whole fucking time, and like <laughs> I didn't even notice. Like I was shown yeah. it in a shot, isolated, and I had no clue.
1: Yeah, this this is not only one of those movies that definitely gets better the more you think about it, but I bet is better on the second watch too. Right? It's just so oh,
0: much. I'm sure. Yeah. There. One thing, actually, I want to cut in there with. Um, we were talking right before this that um, the writer of this, Robert Town, also wrote the first Mission Impossible, which has a very similar feeling of. It's like one step ahead of you, but it always makes sense and always comes together. Um, So it just makes a lot of sense when I saw that. I was like, and plus it's super stylized dialogue that with a worse writer would just be like shitty action movie dialogue, but it's done cleverly and it's funny and it's exciting. Um, So very, very similar in that way that it's just super clever but also stylized and like a genre film in a lot of ways. But also like yeah. exceeds it in other ways. I'm gonna just have to watch that at some point. Or you just you should just watch it, it now. Like <laughs> you're gonna like it a lot. It's just it's just a lot of fun.
1: It was weird because uh, I've seen a couple scenes from Mission Impossible, and I saw that scene where he's like, you know, they're walking down the hallway, and they're he's doing the Tom Cruise one. And he stops and he's like, "You guys just want to watch Chinatown right now?" And I thought that was kind of weird, uh, but. <laughs> Seeing the you yeah, had me for a second. <laughs> Seeing the, the I was on that ride. You know, was was definitely like it, it, You know, um, I really placement for his own movie. <laughs> I really liked um, <clears throat> the lighting in it was amazing. Dude, oh my god, amazing! And I really loved the scene when uh, it's after he follows Mrs. Mulray to where she's hiding her daughter's sister and. Mm he leaves her car and she's like aren't you gonna like stay with me or something and he's like uh, I'm not gonna tell anyone about this or something and she says no it's not what I meant and then he's like leaning into the car and his face is like covered in shadow but you can see his eyes yeah it's like yeah. this Cheshire cat effect that like it's just so great I don't mean yeah. it just it just it really is one of those things that I've talked about with you before or that we've talked about before that is like like it just Directly beams the feeling into you. Like there's not even much thinking that has to go on with it. Like you just feel
0: what yeah. that is about. And hundred percent, yeah. I mean, that's that's so that's, much of that. that's at the core of great filmmaking. Is just like hitting you on a, like a visceral level that you don't even like. I, I think that, and we've talked about this off podcast in the past. But like off. the goal should be that you don't have to understand film language for it to be effective.
1: You know, I agree. I agree on the books and off the books.
0: But yeah, no, I agree. And something I liked a lot about something I liked a lot about it was that it was stylized and had some of those classic noir shots. Mm-hmm. like you get like the blinds you get like, which like I want that in every movie. I just want a shot where light is coming through the blinds. Um, you get stuff like that, even the stuff in the car, but it still felt. it wasn't too oh, and like the shadow, like his shadow with the hat. Um, It wasn't too on the nose though, like it was very much there, Mm -hmm. but they made it seem naturalistic in some ways. Like it didn't Mm -hmm. look too stylized that it seemed like, oh, it was just perfectly set up. It seemed like the light just happened to be in the right spot, you know, which obviously like it was so, had to be meticulously set up. Um, But it just like, it felt effortless, which I think is just great.
1: Yeah, actually, it's the exact same feeling that the, like, screenplay gives me is meticulous but effortless. I mean, I'm sure it wasn't Mm. that effortless, but, like, oh, my God, like, everything comes back to be used later, pretty much. Like, it's so... I love the part where he's, like, being... He's going along with the police, and he shows up at Curly's house, and so much of that scene is great because, like,
0: you've completely forgotten about this character, at least I have. Dude, I didn't remember who it was. I thought it was, like, a new character. (laughs) Right? It's, like...
1: No, I'm what straight is, up.
0: Who was he? I don't know. Oh, really? He was, the guy in the, he was the
1: guy in the first scene. He's like the first person on, oh, on, on camera. Oh, <laughs> yeah. shit. Wow. Um, but it, it's so great because, like, <laughs> the wife answers the door and she has this black eye. Yeah. And it's just like, it's, and, like, I love, first of all, that's not funny, uh, I love um, when Jack Nicholson, his character, like whenever he's presented with something like that or with something that's supposed to kind of like make a normal person like stop, he just like literally never stops. It's so funny. It's yeah. so it's so fun to watch the yeah. way that, that he That's really... like
0: what is funny about that moment, like is not the fact that, it, obviously, <laughs> um, but the fact that he is so oblivious, it, like so intentionally oblivious that he just doesn't give a yeah, shit. Yeah. Like he doesn't have time for like the morals of it. He's just like let's yeah. fucking go, like, especially because go. like
1: he's he's obviously smart enough to realize that like he's the reason why <laughs> that black eye happened.
0: Yeah, cause he caught like, Yeah, especially because you you mentioned. I think I had forgotten that. Um, yeah, it's, and, and then
1: just like where where that would even cause like a second of um, pause from somebody. He's just like excuse me, man, curly. <laughs> it's right. like, and the same thing when she's um, he has that like really not. Nothing in this movie is like too heartfelt, but he has that like personal scene with Mrs. Mulray and she goes into the shower and she's like, don't leave. And like as soon as the door closes, he just
0: puts his pants on and leaves. He's just out, yeah. It's so good. Yeah, it, his character is just so clear. And I, I really liked that scene when he goes to Curly's house as well, because it was it's another instance, in, in some ways foreshadowing of the ending, where he's trying to do the right thing what he thinks is the right thing and ends up causing more harm than if he had done nothing mm. um, because it's it's exactly the same with that case you know he thinks like oh, okay like I'm, I'm helping this guy because you know he's right. able to catch his wife and now he knows but you know then he fucking beats her and like they have kids and it's like oh yeah. shit like the family's gonna fall apart and yeah. like and he talks about like the story of Chinatown which I love that they don't delve into at all yeah so yeah, like still just, just great. Like you don't need to, you know, you understand that like that's what's driving him because of his actions, you know, and how like tough it is for him to talk about. And yet like you can tell, you understand that this is like a replay, you know, that this has happened before and that he's just beaten down. Um, yeah, man.
1: Yeah, I, I like that he is also, I feel like he's a great foil character to kind of like everybody else in it because he is like, A kind of a dirtbag, like kind of a dick to pretty Mm, much everybody, but like all the while he's trying to do what he thinks is right, whereas like everyone else is kind of like, you know, correct, but then like they're also allowing for the system that makes what he's trying to do impossible just right. by being like complacent with it. I like, guess that's why that last line, like this, that's what I'm saying is like the writing in this is so like, it's, it's so, like that line, like they say the name of the movie in the line. <laughs> <laughs> in the last line,
0: it's incredible. Yeah.
1: Forget it, Luke, it's Star Wars. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so good though. But what's the exact line? It's like, forget it, it's Chinatown. Yeah, he's, I think he says, yeah. forget it or forget about it. It's just China. Yeah, found. yeah. Oh, man. And it's just the whole thing. It's just the whole movie.
1: <laughs> and it's just <laughs> and that oh, one line. Yeah. Oh, my God, dude. Because part- that line,
0: like, sums it all up, you know? It's, like, the only way to get by is, like, for these people to get yeah. by is to just not do anything. Because it's, like, too late. Like, yeah. It's already there. The corruption's already there. It's just such, they have it so consolidated that it's like, can you actually make a difference at this point, or is it just going to make things worse? Yeah. It's such a pessimistic theme, but I love it. It's just it, it, explored it's, so well. It's great. It's,
1: the. I, I feel like throughout the movie too, it's so, the city of LA, even though you don't really see like sweeping shots or many establishing shots, it's like, look, it's LA, it's the Hollywood sign. Yeah. But it feels there's so much character in it. That like pretty much everyone outside of him and Miss Mulray feels like they are their own characters, but they feel so like entangled in the same web that is LA. Just nobody in this yeah. movie I forget what other movie I said this about too that we talked about before, but just nobody in this movie is happy. Pretty mm-hmm. much ever. Like the best that anyone is is complacent or or just um trying to diffuse Things like the guy in the in the barber shop just try like they they start getting into a fight and they're like hey it's hey, 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 not hash this out here and then you kind of feel like throughout the movie it's that attitude that actually leads to this corruption.
0: That's a really good catch. Is that like yeah, just trying to keep the peace, like doing anything you can to just like yeah settle settle people down and cause the least amount of trouble possible. Yeah, yeah. dude. Oh man, that's great. It's so another good. like it's those scenes that are like microcosms of the larger theme. Like, that scene uh, and I, the scene at Curly's house. Yeah, I love so shit. So smart. But. So smart. Just great writing. Just, yeah, man. Yeah. Um, oh, I also wanted to... When I was talking about, like, the idea that he's gone through it all before, you know, he had bad shit happen in Chinatown where he was trying to help a woman and ended up hurting her, um, and that's why he quit the police, and now he's like, okay, I can do it on my own terms, mm. and he does it on his own terms, and he's still fucks up and he fails and I at first I was like why wouldn't he like like he's unhandcuffed he could probably like find a gun if he had to quickly like why wouldn't he try to fucking kill the guy I was like but then I I thought about it and I think it's that idea that he is just too tired and he's like it's not gonna make a difference anyway and that I think is also repeated throughout the whole thing I mean he literally does say multiple times like I'm just really tired like let's but every yeah. time he says it, or every time he, like, almost gets a moment of rest, his fucking phone rings.
1: Like, yeah. every
0: time. Like, there's, like, no quiet time. Like, he gets back to his office to tell his friends the joke, and then the fucking door opens behind him. Like, he can't even have a moment. And every yeah. time he, like, hits the pillow, the phone rings. And yeah. it's just this, like, constant, nonstop. And, like, yeah. there's, there's a moment, too, where she asks him, like, and Mrs. Mulray asks him, like, have you slept? And he's like, oh, yeah. But it's like, maybe not. Cause he got the call like in the middle of the night and we haven't seen him go back. Like yeah. he could just be fucking like, a, he just hasn't slept this whole movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sure. Probably. It is not <laughs> Cause they, she also mentions at one point too, she's like, I've only known you for like uh, an evening and an afternoon and all this has happened, but it's, it's definitely short. You know, Sounds like one of those
1: old timey expressions. Yeah. Like a Southern expression. <laughs> one of them Southern expressions. Yeah. Um, I really, at first, alarms started going off in my head when he was talking about the girl he couldn't save, kind of like, and then the eye rolling almost started, but then it ended right there. And then I really like that. We know that Chinatown is, you know, even though, you could maybe argue that it felt forced, but it really, to me, it did not. It's either uh, for me, yeah. Like they left it alone for enough that you know it's it kind of obvious that it may repeat again, but it's just such great setup, and it doesn't give enough information for you to feel like it's much of a Chekhov's gun. It just kind of is is more thematic than anything, saying that like it doesn't matter what you do, like this is the outcome based off yeah. the uh, situation everybody's in. But I love that it's it gives you that really ominous foreshadowing and later the, you have up until the, the like climax in Chinatown you have all these scenarios of him just like being ahead of everyone else and he's like I'm, he's like setting up all the pieces to fall like absolutely correctly and then it just completely messes up at the end like he brings all the right people to Chinatown at the right moment and then it just still doesn't work
0: because it's, yeah, it's just stacked against him because yeah. you you realize that the cops knew the whole time, pretty much. That was my impression, at least. When he's just like, unhandcuff him and send him home. Like, you don't wanna deal with this. Cause he's like throwing all the accusations, he's, like fucking just handcuff him to the car. Like, I don't, like he doesn't even hear him out. I think him unhandcuffing him and telling him to go home is the like, I know, I can't do anything yeah, about sure. it, but I know.
1: I wasn't sure necessarily if the film was saying that that police officer specifically knew. I, I What I got more from that scene was just that uh, the corrupt people in power know that people will act as those police officers did because they thought they were doing the right thing. And the way that things were set up around them makes it so that doesn't matter how they play it. As long as they think they're doing what's good, they'll end up doing what those in power want. Like it wasn't necessarily- I don't
0: know. I think it's ambiguous for sure. I mean, they don't have yeah. a definitive answer. Definitely. But But I think, I mean, it's definitely possible that he didn't know the whole time. My feeling when he unhandcuffed him and was like, just send him home. He doesn't want any part of this. My feeling then was like, he put the pieces together. Like he knows that Jack Nicholson is a good detective and he knows that he's been like really looking into it and how like impassioned he is about um, the fuck's his name, the father, I don't know. Grandpa, father, father, grandpa. Yeah, whatever. I forget what I was saying. I the yeah. idea it's complicated, just like society. <laughs> <laughs> but I think he just like knew. I think he figured it out. He put it together, and he was like, "I just can't yeah. push it any further. I just got to let this lie, or I'm gonna get fucked too."
1: Yeah, I think I'd agree. I'd agree more that like maybe in that moment he pieced it together, because um, a big part of it for me was just that the the idea that this thing was saying that conspiracies are less. So much like a group of people just constantly conspiring to try and like do evil and more just people attempting to secure power and not necessarily like orchestrating the perfect way to not leave anything behind, but that the way they keep getting away with it is that like nobody, it's too much effort for most people to put in to find the things that they have left behind. Yeah, no, I I agree with that. that. I agree with that. And yeah. it's mostly ignorance and like apathy that allows these things to keep going as opposed to like, you know, if everyone in L.A. was doing what um, Jack Nicholson was doing and figuring this stuff out, it wouldn't be a problem. But it's the fact that he's like one in 20 million doing it.
0: Right. And he does it wrong, too. He fucks it yeah. up. He
1: completely <laughs> yeah. he, does, he
0: like does everything right and he still fucks up. Yeah. You know, because at the end of the day, like he just can't. I think you're right. I, I think you're 100 percent right. I think it was more. I did too. That he knew that, that the cops know that they're not going to succeed in taking down the people up top. I think you're right. I don't think it was like, you know, him, the grandfather, you know, going to the police and being like, you got to cover this up. I think it was more so yeah. that they were trying, like they couldn't even really entertain the idea that it was him, even when it was all like interrupting Jack Nicholson's character. He's like, just let me talk for five minutes. And he just like go yeah. handcuff him to the car. Like he doesn't. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't want to have to deal with that reality.
1: Yeah.
0: It's again, it's that idea of like just pretend it's not happening. Just brush it away. Try to smooth things over and just yeah. you know you live your life. You have your family. Like let's just yeah. let's just keep going. Yeah. Yeah, it's fucking great. Yeah, and just the ending is so upsetting. It's so dude. The moment that
1: the. <laughs> after um, Mrs. Mulray gets killed and then her dad like comes up and he's like, oh, oh no, and he just grabs the girl. And she he starts screaming even her. more,
0: dude, brutal. That was like oh, a gut punch straight up. I was like, oh, this is how this is going to end.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's the Fuck. moment. Because the moment that he gets shot and then he kind of like grabs his left area, I'm like, oh shit, did you kill him? Yeah. And then I saw I saw the squib go off in his arm and I was like, Oh, uh, that's the moment that I knew it wasn't gonna it wasn't gonna
0: end well. And yo, and I loved that you don't know if they like hit the car or not right away because it's like still going and then it slows yes. down. Yes. And it stops and you're like, shit. Like there's I mean, so it, many it. moments of tension. Oh yeah, it's the same shot. Like 20 so seconds. Long. Yeah. It's so good. I love that. That's another thing I loved about this movie is that they weren't afraid to let shots linger when they were like the most effective shot for whatever was happening. You know, they don't feel a need, need to just throw in more. They're like, okay, this is this does it. Same thing with the dialogue. They would just let it linger on the actors so that they could you could see the reactions. You could see the performances. Like I feel like a lot of not say a lot of movies, but sometimes you do see really quick cuts and like trying to put too much in. And yeah. this was very much just like, okay, we'll cut if, if the shot's better, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I just I mean it's great when a movie that is two hours long or longer can feel like it just doesn't have any fluff. Like, yeah, it just, it, this whole movie is engaging throughout and, and it's, there's really never a moment that you feel like there are some moments maybe on the first watch through. I mean, I've only watched it once, but there were some moments that I felt like it's a little, not meandering, but I was like, you know why are we watching this or at least like interested in the idea of like you know why is this scene important and then literally every scene had something that came back
0: later yeah you're and like oh so okay impressive. that's why we saw that yeah yeah it was yeah,
1: yeah. It, it was, was really it was chaffed.
0: crystal clear without being in your face about it
1: yeah there's just absolutely no chaff just everything is utilized really well yeah it's pretty much airtight yeah yeah um i also really liked that there was some of that classic kind of like noir and western stuff too where like unimportant characters with a gun are kind of like stormtroopers and they just miss everything. Like in the scene where she's driving him, like she comes by in the car and saves him when he gets uh, cornered and they're just shooting right at the car like 20 feet away and just miss everything. Yeah, And then that is like mirrored by the end when it's so much farther away. It's two one it's one to three shots or something it's not even that many shots and when the car stops you're just devastated because you know that they got her and it's
0: yeah (laughs) it completely yeah it uses that trope to then later subvert it and to make that so much more impactful because you see that in like the not too long ago that they're like missing the car. Everything's fine, um, and yeah, like you said, it's way further. Like you think, like okay, they're not gonna hit it, and the car keeps going for a little bit, and you're like, oh, okay, they missed, and then it very slowly <laughs> slows down, and that's mm-hmm. when it sinks in.
1: I also love uh, when she gets shot. She gets shot like one guy's shooting at her, and Jack Nicholson's handcuffed to the other guy. And Jack Nicholson like, throws his arm over the other guy who is currently shooting to make sure that he doesn't shoot her. And then his other arm lunges forward to the man he's handcuffed to, and he shoots at her and kills her. Mm. And it's just this great moment of just – he just can't cover every base. Like, he just can't work Yeah, he's trying. He he's done. still
0: trying at that point. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, yeah it's really – Yeah. An interesting thing, too, that just occurred to me is <clears> – <throat> Cause we were saying how the character isn't necessarily like good. Um, and in some ways, I think maybe the reason he gives up is because it was selfish and he was trying to find redemption for himself yeah. by finding this woman and becoming attached to her and trying to save her because he failed before. So in, I, I wonder if he really like, if, if, the grandfather, like, taking the child doesn't matter as much to him.
1: I, I was thinking the same you thing, you know, because he's able
0: to brush off a
1: lot of other stuff. I, I Yeah, I think in the end, I got the exact same feeling. I think you're right where he, if he was really that noble cowboy character, he would, you know, stop at nothing to make sure that that guy got brought to justice. But then once his anchor to the situation is gone, uh, which is this woman he's kind of fallen for, he just he just doesn't have a horse in the race anymore. And yeah. he's willing to let it go, which is fantastic.
0: Yeah. I mean, which especially, I feel like it's not even so much about the woman herself. Cause like you said, when they're in bed together, she's like, stay here. And like, you gotta stay here. And he just dips immediately. Yeah. I almost feel like it's him like constructing a similar scenario to what happened before in Chinatown. Um, oh yeah, yeah, I feel like, that way. Like putting, it to, putting these pieces together so that he can have that personal um, redemption or validation even. And that fails, so he doesn't care as much anymore. Yeah. Even though what he did, I mean, it could be part of it too, is that he realizes like, because of me, this girl's now with this guy. But yeah, I definitely wondered why he stopped fighting at the end. And I think that's another reason. I think it's being beat down, but also his reasons were kind of selfish.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree. And uh, yeah, I think you brought a, up a great point, which is just like it's like that classic line of like liking the idea of somebody more than liking them. You know, he he wasn't mean to her, but he kind of just
0: used her. And well, I mean, he he like fucking slaps her, fucking <laughs> hard, dude. That's a lot. when I was like, okay, this isn't about her.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you know. Well, I what I really liked about that scene too was that you kind of feel his. Uh, just how frustrated he is, I I would say you kind of empathize with him. Not that you are like, yeah, slapper, but you're like, oh my God. Like you just feel the situation kind of crumbling and it's just like, just give Giddies the information he needs and he'll doggone it. He'll figure a way out of it. Like,
0: why are you hiding shit? Right, he's just snapping. (laughs) Like that's literally, that emotion is definitely like understandable. But I think it really just shows his true nature as a character. Yeah, and he's lashing out at her because maybe she broke this little fantasy he had for a moment where he's like, oh, I'm protecting this woman. It's great. And then he thinks that he fucked up because she's the one who did it.
1: Yeah. And he's yeah. just
0: because it's just it's all about him in the end you know
1: yeah well because he's totally fine with using her throughout the movie for his ends but when he finds out that she used him right it's, it's his shoes on the other foot and he's obviously not happy about that yeah i
0: mean he manipulates pretty much everyone too to yeah. like get his way and it's it's definitely clever but and you know, i mean it seems like he does do it with good intentions but he you know again the end result is curly like beating the shit out of his wife you know and yeah. it, it goes back to that barber chair scene which is great and I think sets up his dynamic as a character so well, that when he just like pokes them a little bit and is like, you're not doing good things to people. He snaps and he's like, I make a fucking honest living and like freaks yeah, out. Yeah. And it's interesting too, because he says like, he's trying to make the banker guy realize that he's like a bad person by being like, oh, you, like you fucking tear people out of their homes. And like, yeah, I mean, that yeah, that is definitely true, but it's sort of like pushing off his own harm by blaming the people in power. Where like yeah. they are responsible. I don't know if I'm saying this like
1: No, no, I I get what you're saying. You know what
0: I mean? It's like they're both culpable. But it's yeah, this back it's, and forth, like, oh, which one's worse? It's like they're both like causing harm. You know, you know what I mean? Like Yeah, I think he's not as noble as he wants to be, I think.
1: Yeah, I think I think it says a lot about manipulative people in general and how they kind of, it's not really good or bad, so much that rises to the top or falls below, but like people who are good at manipulating the system that they see. And I think that's kind of what um, the father-grandpa was doing and all his associates are like manipulating the system. Uh, and and knowing how people will act they're using it to their advantage and i feel like jack nicholson is doing the same thing but he's convincing himself that he's doing it for noble reasons like he's kind of cleaning out like he's seeking truth in his idea of things he's a private eye that gets to the bottom of things and he finds out why things happen and i think he finds solace in that but all the while he is kind of doing the same thing like he just knows as soon as he has what he wants from someone, this happens like multiple times. I actually wrote this down because this movie did a thing that I usually hate in movies, but I loved in this movie. And that anytime he goes out to a, a meal or some kind of social thing where something is ordered, he just like, Gets the info he needs and just doesn't eat and doesn't drink and he just leaves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's so great.
0: Absolutely. Because
1: a lot normally happens in movies and they're like, why the fuck are these people not eating this delicious food that's in front of them? Makes sense for his character because he's like not there for the
0: food. He's just there yeah. for the info. Absolutely. Like, <laughs> no, it totally works. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. Um, oh, this also reminds me. let me look through my notes real quick. Um, very early on, when. I forget what her name is, but like the fake, um, Mrs. Um, what's the wife's name? Mrs. Mulray. Yeah. Mrs. Mulray. Yeah, I don't know um, either. when the fake one comes in the beginning, Jack Nicholson tries to talk her out of it and he's like, yeah. sometimes it's better to just let sleeping dogs lie. Like you don't want to, you might not like what you find. Mm-hmm. And that again is like one of those things. It's like right on the edge where it could be corny, but it totally works. And it is just complete foreshadowing for the whole fucking movie. You just yeah. like, and you feel that in that moment in a little bit, but you don't realize like to what extent and how that's going to play out mm. by the end. So I like that a lot that he was like initially he was like that like you don't want to you don't want to like dig into this.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's 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 great to see him giving that advice to somebody else, and then he proceeds to go against his own advice and just gets absolutely taken to the yeah.
0: cleaners. A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. It's a great movie. <laughs> absolutely um, excellent yeah one of the most enjoyable just great films I've seen in a very long time yeah um, the only nitpicky thing that I ever felt during
1: it was that he got his nose slit and then he would smoke and then exhale through his nose and I was like that's insane <laughs> yeah that was pretty much it I don't really care much I about I like think he acknowledges
0: like that. that though I wonder if it's sort of like a if he's like almost doing it on purpose like give himself a jolt Right, okay. I okay actually it's like it. they're like oh like no but I feel like that could be a choice though because he um he goes to the office of like the new water guy and he's like oh does that hurt and he just goes only when i breathe so oh, they yeah. like acknowledge that so I, I think that could be a choice that it's like yeah either way and I, again that's another fucking line that's like almost yeah. on the nose but just works cuz it's it's, no, it's so world. Yeah, it's i love so that <laughs> that's one of my favorite lines too only when i breathe <laughs>
1: Oh, actually, that scene, if I'm remembering correctly, I also wrote something down because I really liked the um, – the, there was like a set design choice where the guy who he's talking to is sitting at his desk and behind him are mulrays the outlines of Mulray's old – I'm assuming either pictures or certificates or something. And it's, they've been there for so long that the outlines are like of dirt and grime are evident on the wall. And I just thought it was like such a great way of giving this feeling of of sitting in this dead guy's place, just just inhabiting this office of this dead man. It's just these, the disgusting, decrepit outlines of his achievements is
0: so Yeah, good. that's great. I didn't even notice that. Um, yeah, that's awesome. I also like there's another moment like that where um, Jack Nicholson like hears scraping at the door. He like whips it open and it's like two guys like just fixing the nameplate and they look at each yeah. other and he just slowly closes the door because you know yeah. he thought that like somebody was like eavesdropping or something and he's just like, yeah. oh, okay. And just, yeah. But it's another moment that you're like, oh, they're just like so quick. Yeah. They're, they're just doing it so quickly. Yeah. You know? It's,
1: yeah. That's, that's, uh, there's just so much going on in every moment of this. And yeah. I think... In the beginning, in those moments that I said can kind of feel either fluffy or meandery. it it only feels that way until you know what's going on, and then there's just so much stuffed into all of that that it almost makes me feel bad for thinking that because it's just every single moment of that is just is just reincorporated somehow.
0: Yeah, it it definitely works too with um, Jack Nicholson's like journey of he like things will happen that. Either we don't pick up on it, like, why is this happening? And then he'll later realize and put the pieces together. So it's always there, like, for you and for him.
1: Yeah, yeah. And you're,
0: like, both piecing it together as you go. At the same time,
1: pretty much. Because you never are really without him. It's it's fucking great. Yeah.
0: It's a good movie. Go watch it, please. Yeah, you should just watch this movie. I hate when people are like, oh, you need... This is a movie you need to see. This is is one of them, I would say. This this
1: is a movie you will... Certainly enjoy watching. I could, I'll could, say that. Yeah. Pretty much anybody. If we would. haven't
0: spoiled the whole fucking thing like we just did. I mean. If you haven't seen the movie already, you should be listening to this. Quite yeah, frankly, I would say. Quite frankly. Yeah. So that's on you. That was great. You should watch it if you haven't anyway. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> tell your friends about it and have them watch it. And tell your friends about uh, the podcast, Talkie Talk. Oh, yeah. Hey, Talkie Talk. Talkie Talk. Um, it's now on. So So we just <laughs> uploaded our first episode. This is episode four. We just uploaded our first episode to break the uh, fourth wall a little bit. Um, yeah, we're on Spotify where you're listening to it, if you're listening to it. Hey. It's all right. Never mind. Hey. Hey, talky talk. Let your friends know. Tell everyone. Um, yeah. Uh, I. A, oh, Oh, go ahead. No, no, no.
1: I was just gonna say I, I I was just gonna do like closing remark, just saying like, well, I'm not I'm sure there is more to say, but i off the top of my head, I don't really know right now. Yeah, it's something I'd like to watch again. It's one of those I wouldn't mind watching very soon again, honestly.
0: Absolutely, yeah. It's just like we were saying, like it's so dense in a good way that like there's always something going on. One other thing I liked a lot, just a small thing, is like those little like I would have to assume that they were like straight out of detective novels. Like when he set the um the watch and put it underneath the tire of the car or like broke her headlight so that he could know which headlight it was.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: There's like those little things that you are you just you need from a detective movie. That's just like this guy's fucking clever.
1: It also just says so much about his character. Not only that he's clever, but just that like he does that to her right after they just like made love and she's in the shower. He just busts her yeah. back headlight. Yeah.
0: Exactly. It's just not about her. It's just not about her. It's so great. Yeah. Um, Loved it. What would you give it out of 10? I've got mine in mind. I would give it a 9 out of 10. I would also give it
1: a 9. Very good movie. One of the best movies I've seen in a long time.
0: Yeah. Absolutely loved it. I feel like I knew I was going to love it and I did even more. Yeah.
1: This... I forget why, this has been on my list for like a long time. I think it actually, shout out to Video Horizons, which doesn't exist anymore. But I used to go there and look at the, they had the AFI top 100 movies of all time list there. Mm. And I was like, Chinatown,
0: that's gotta be great. That's on there. Um, I'm looking at the Wikipedia right now. And it says in 1991, the film was selected by the Library of Congress for preservation in the United States National Film Registry. As being culturally, historically or aesthetically significant and is frequently listed as one of the greatest films of all time. Good. Um Town Rubber Town won Best Original Screenplay, was nominated for eleven Oscars. Um AFI placed it second among its top ten mystery films in two thousand eight. I wonder what was first. Yeah, we'll have to look at that later. Our sponsor today is AFI. I have a link to their top ten detective <laughs> films in the description.
1: Not really Thanks guys. I don't know if you're around anymore, honestly, but
0: <laughs> um yeah excellent. So I watched yeah. that movie. Cool. I What's made a good choice. Me <laughs> yeah, myself. Oh, I'm about to read a book on it as well. My my mom bought me this book on it. It's called oh, um uh, The Big Goodbye Chinatown and the Last Years of Hollywood. It like just came out. Um Last
1: Years of Hollywood I think this came out in 74. No, like the book came out this year. yeah called. yeah yeah, but I mean Everyone always talks about Hollywood being dead by the end of,
0: like, the 60s,
1: but it doesn't matter.
0: Everyone's yeah, well, out there. To- you haven't read this book, and neither have I, <laughs> so I don't know <laughs> listen, yet. Listen here, buddy. <laughs> what do you know this, about The that? description <laughs> says this was, like, one of the last films in, like, tour based Hollywood. Huh. I'll to see what it says.
1: Yeah. Um, sounds like an interesting book.
0: Because that is something I've noticed, too. I think everybody has noticed, is just how much more, like, less artistic, like, big Hollywood movies used to, like, they used to be way more just, like, this was a a hit. This was huge. Yeah. This was a big, like, fucking blockbuster, you know? And it just, like, it's changed. So I'm curious. Let's move on to your movie. Le Should I start? Because you picked it. Sure. Um, I thought it was fine. I thought it was very competently made. I liked a lot of the cinematography, but I didn't feel like there was much in terms there wasn't much new in terms of pretty much anything it was just it was done well but it was very slow and i d- didn't feel like that really paid off at any point um like i don't mind slow movies as you're well aware but it just didn't seem Earned in this um, or purposeful really and by the end of it I was just like okay yeah it's like kind of a cool story but it wasn't really anything like it I don't, it just didn't feel like much was going on and it just took way too much time to get to that point Whereas as contrast to the Chinatown it was like every fucking moment is earned you know this just sort of felt like we got this idea but let's just stretch it out mm. that was my take but I thought it was decent What'd
1: you think? Uh, I thought it was good. Um, I actually found myself not minding the slow pacing. I thought it kind of went well with the idea that this guy's life is just very empty outside of his job. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just didn't, I think, honestly, I, I I was surprised by how I was kind of entertained at every moment, or at least like, um, you know, <laughs> I don't want to put it in terms of like willing or unwilling to watch a movie, but I, I wouldn't say like, you know, entertained may even be a strong word for some parts, but I never felt completely bored, even though at moments I thought we have been in this scene for a long time. Like I should be more bored than I am, but there were like, it it, it definitely didn't feel like it ended up being much, you know? I, yeah. I, I, I agree with you that I think it was very competently shot. I think it looks great. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a lot going for it visually, and um, but I just I, I think the sets were fantastic actually for for most of it. I really liked the opening shot. Oh, I like that
0: a lot too. Yeah,
1: so grimy and just sad, and his apartment building is so disgusting. The club is a, is an interesting look, but um, I just was like looking forward to how this was going to develop into something, which Chinatown did amazingly. Yeah. And then this one, I just felt like, I was like, okay, he Gran torino but like,
0: Right. Yeah.
1: I was like, that doesn't, it didn't really give me anything that I hadn't seen before. And it didn't really feel like, like, actually, I really enjoyed the scene where he was being tracked. Because I was like, oh, what's this going to be? Like, how's he going to get out of this? And then, like, he doesn't really get out of it. And, like, he 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 kind of gets out of it by, like, running faster than them. And like exiting the right exit, and then yeah, by
0: that point, that whole sequence just didn't do it for me. Like, by that point, I was like, This has been so slow, and it's like, Yo, speed this up! Like, there's (laughs) like, I I didn't feel the tension really, it just felt too slow for there to be tension. Like, they were just, yeah, fucking like, they just held the shots too long. It's just the pacing. Like, this could have been a much better movie if they just cut sooner and earlier. Like, or (laughs) what am I trying to say? Late, if, if they cut in later in the scene and cut out sooner. This was a movie that it really felt like they, they cut into the scene when the scene was starting, which, unless you're going for that super slow pace, isn't always, like, a great idea. They yeah. Definitely Chinatown, they'd, like, cut into, like, the interesting parts of the scene. Yeah. And there are definitely times that that approach works. Um, First Reformed always comes to mind, because it's, like, one of the slowest movies ever. But it, it works. And they literally, and I saw this in a um, little, little documentary on... Uh, Criterion uh, in the Paul Schrader collection of him on set. And this is something I didn't even notice, but when he pointed it out, so obvious, that he'll cut into a scene like a little bit too far ahead of where the scene's starting. Like there's one in particular where he he cuts to a door and like the door doesn't open for like three seconds. And he just like adds those little things so you feel that pace, but it's subtle at the same time. Yeah. But it, cause it's something you take for granted that like when a scene starts, the door opens, you know, but he always holds just a little bit. It's not too long. It's not like a um, an eraser head, which is a great movie. And I think it works super well. But it's not like the eraser head, like elevator scene where it's like super noticeable and a great scene. But Probably it's just, just Evangelion elevator scene. <laughs> it's just it's just um, like it's just slow enough that it just you get that feeling. Yeah. And I didn't even notice it. And that was a cool moment that I was like, like he got me. you know.
1: Yeah, I think that you actually bring up a really good comparison with that, which is that this movie feels less like a movie that its bad parts are bad because of incompetence, but its bad parts are bad because, I, I don't really feel like at any point in this movie that something other than what the director wanted to happen happened. I just felt like I didn't always agree that what the director wanted to happen was like the best choice for the movie, if that makes any sense. Yeah, you should just remake it, Tyler. Yeah, it should. Totally. You know so much. No cuts, no nothing. <laughs> no, I'm not, he's already did it, he already did it. The main character's not even in it. Posted there are still
0: no cuts in this movie. It is
1: 72 hours long and it's just a live stream of the club showing <laughs> when he enters and exits. Um, no, I, um, I felt like everything that happened was meant to happen but I just felt like in the end I wasn't really that attached to anyone. Yeah. The only person I really got attached to was the girlfriend because i felt like she had the most sympathetic um struggle right which i thought i thought her character actually Was interesting in how it related to his character because I mean she ended up kind of falling a little one-dimensional too. But her struggle at least with the police trying to influence her, I think, was an interesting idea. In that, like, (laughs) yeah, like who knows if this guy actually loves her? He's kind of like the same guy to everybody. So yeah, right. The fuck knows. And then she's just like, no, get out. I would obviously never betray him. And then they had that scene where he like holds her like it's a love movie, and I was like, is this where this was going? I wasn't really feeling that this is the direction this is going to go.
0: Yeah, it definitely pokes at some interesting things, but I don't think it really explores them. Like the idea of like the police wanting to set up, like not really caring what happened, just wanting to get somebody is mm. an interesting idea. And I guess it's kind of explored. It's just, I don't know, it just wasn't done in like a really interesting or new way.
1: Yeah, I I think the storytelling is probably the weakest part of this film, to be honest. Yeah. I, I, or Or the story... I actually think, I agree with you that the chase scene, if you can call it that, is um, <laughs> definitely too long, but I did way really- Way too long. Like, I was like, yo, just yeah. let get through this. I, I really like the use of the like light up map as a prop though. I thought that was like a really good way to add some tension to it and like show that there's like, no way that he's getting out. But then he kind of just runs faster and he gets out and it's just like-
0: yeah that's the thing like he doesn't really need to like outsmart them that much yeah yeah and that's that's they just kind of they put the bug in his room in, like the most fucking obvious place i and, was like, saying the same thing i was like they the also cr- take like 30 minutes to plant it and they Jesus
1: yeah that Christ, scene was that's that scene was the worst scene for me that, like, <laughs> I, it, it didn't involve it, it literally you got one new piece of information for like six minutes of film time
0: yeah i don't know that approach
1: and, and for that i was just like that is like the least economic i've ever <laughs> one of the least economic ways i've seen film used and i also yeah again same thing i, I the whole time i was watching it, i was like your his blinds weren't drawn like this guy is like a sociopath he doesn't like he doesn't have anything on his walls you think he's not going to notice
0: that his blinds are drawn plus like even if he didn't he knows the fucking cops are looking for him so he'd probably yeah. just check at some point anyway like i mean yeah. he notices the bird stressed out which is kind of cool i like the bird thing um and that's why he checks. So I think he would have probably checked it somewhere anyway. It's just like, yeah. or, or like maybe just like opened his blinds, or like put it under a table or something. anywhere, just anywhere, anywhere that wasn't anywhere dude. other than where you put it is like. it was bizarre. It made me fucking laugh because I feel like this one shot. I just feel like it, the idea didn't work, and so they just hit it because like he puts the big thing up there at first for some reason, because they have the small thing, you know, and yeah. he puts the big thing, and he opens the curtain, and he's like, oh, yeah, I can see it, takes it down, puts up the small thing, and then the camera pans down to him, and then he opens the curtain, and you don't see the thing. It's like, probably because yeah. you could just see it. Yeah. <laughs> like, you think you're fucking tricking us?
1: Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I You don't need to see the curtain, just believe us. Just believe me. <laughs> yeah, that that was the, I would say, the first scene that I really felt the length of how long each scene goes on for. Like, I think for the first part of it, I was fine with it because I, I felt like it really matched up. I love the whole sequence of the police station because I felt like it, it really put you in their skin of feeling like it's just like a war of attrition and these cops are trying
0: to like wear everyone down until they slip up.
1: And yeah, I, I thought that, that is, was,
0: yeah, sorry to interrupt, but I, I think that was a moment that the pace worked. Yeah. And then after that, when it didn't change at all, that's when it started. Yeah, to
1: and, the, and the and we really ner- learn like nothing about the main character that we don't know in the first like ten minutes.
0: Yeah, like nothing really much. develops much besides the plot for me. Right, the plot. Excuse me. The plot isn't that interesting, so it's like yeah. it's <laughs> not much to hold on to. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I honestly don't have a whole lot to say about it because I just really feel like it was. Yeah kind of fine
1: there's there's not a whole lot there um it's well presented uh in terms of like how it looks but it, at the end of the day like uh, it just falls a little flat because there's just not really that much to work with for me you know i i originally at first like liked uh the character because i just like that in this i was hoping it would be somewhat like i could fall in love with it the same way that I fell in love with Jack Nicholson's character's consistency where it's just like he's just so headstrong and just so like kind of one note in a good way that like it's going to be interesting to see how the plot like kind of bends around what he does. Like in the first scene. right?
0: But he also, like Jack Nicholson's character, I think why this works is he totally has an arc anyway. Oh yeah. And totally like changes a lot as a character by the end. Like his mindset is what changes by the end. Yeah, yeah. And just, like, his outlook on the world and, like, what he's trying to do. And yeah. that all changes so much. Yeah, there's, like, no arc for <laughs> this character. No, it's just, like, like yeah. I, I don't Yeah, I didn't, I don't know. The ending didn't even feel that earned, like.
1: No, I did not. Because the ending was supposed to be, like, what? He was getting the police
0: off of his girlfriend's back? Like, is that the idea? I think so. I think the idea was maybe. I thought the idea might have just been that, like, he he got, like, his, like, he got his revenge, and that's all he wanted, but I, but it, we didn't see him, like, I just didn't really buy it. I was just like, like, it, it, it confused me for a second, because I was like, wait, who's gone? Was it? Did he fire all the bullets? And then I realized, and I was like, oh, why, though? Why would he do that? Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't know, the samurai thing with, like, honor and whatever. It's a little half-baked. Yeah. Yeah. Because... I'm trying to it was hard for me to like really retain a lot of like the plot too because there just wasn't a lot they just yeah, kind of like would space out at points because there wasn't much to hold on to Because um, there wasn't really like an honor thing. I don't think uh, yeah, that was well, the samurai yeah. thing.
1: Yeah, I don't know
0: maybe I just don't know enough about samurai, but <laughs> <Perhaps> <laughs> I, did, I did like that at the end of the movie. They said, um, what are you gonna do? You're just a samurai <laughs> I like that a lot. It's very just, concise yeah. You just samurai. MRI. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. How the pacing worked in the first part made me excited for the rest of it. And then it really just never it took off. And the way that it took off didn't really feel like it was helped much by the pacing past that point.
0: Yeah, and it, it really didn't seem like the pacing served much of a purpose to me. Um,
1: yeah, past that first part, I didn't really feel like it. Yeah, like it
0: makes sense to be like, okay, they're like really just like stretching this out to try to break these people down get somebody yeah. to admit that makes sense but then the rest of it it just didn't fit I didn't think like thematically or it just yeah it just seemed like it was slow It didn't seem like that was really a, a choice like yeah like a narrative choice you know what I mean or like a thematic choice
1: yeah I don't know I I feel like I would have to learn more about this director but I also like not super interesting
0: yeah I'm not either I mean I mean, I, mean
1: sorry, I wasn't I, I thought I'd, I wasn't like upset that I watched this movie. I thought it was good, but
0: yeah, so I was, much. I was a little like, yeah, it was kind of.
1: I think I think most of what ruined it for me was just knowing that none of it really went anywhere.
0: Yeah, like,
1: I think a lot of the movie would have been understandable or excusable if it led up to something that really felt rewarding. But it really, it, the ending left such a like nothing for me to think yeah. about or like anything. It's like. <laughs>
0: Yeah, uh-huh. there's um there's this movie uh, Burning. It was a Korean film that came out a year or oh, two yeah, ago. Yeah. Um, that one, not I'm not spoiling anything. Um, that is a movie for a lot of it, I was like, this better be going somewhere. And then I walked away from the movie satisfied. I was like, there's a there's a big chance that I was gonna walk away from that movie and be like, eh. Yeah. But following it through to the end, I was like, oh, this is incredible. Like cool. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. Is That's that the great. one you watched with Franco?
0: Yes yeah yes um and we both loved it and both of us had the same idea by the end that was like it was pushing it but then like no it was, it was totally all intentional cool yeah um the yeah camera. check it out if you want to <laughs> Just, i mean just watch chinatown <laughs> or like any detective movie
1: <laughs> yeah
0: any any noir inspired
1: movie yeah i don't know I, I'm gonna I, I'm trying to find some of the like trivia on IMDB about it um, just to try and make it like I don't see any trivia One <laughs> a, a lot of what this gets praised for is that it's an outdoor movie And I think that just further cements the idea that like I definitely feel as though the director Had an idea and followed it through in his style hmm. I just didn't like what he followed through with yeah. I, just, I didn't really like the product
0: Like sometimes you just need other people yeah (laughs) like hey
1: this doesn't work or like hey what's what is this about this is so critically acclaimed too yeah i guess so this in chinatown differ in rating on imdb by 0.1 chinatown is 8.2 this is 8.1 that's insane to me
0: yeah (laughs)
1: yeah yeah i don't don't know. know definitely is not the same for me but to each their own
0: yeah i don't i don't get that I can understand appreciating a movie like for its significance but yeah. it, it seems like wrong to me to just like act like it's a fucking 10 out of 10 movie still you know what I mean like uh I don't know yeah I mean I don't even know how much impact it had it, it was just kind of I mean sometimes there's just those movies that are super critically acclaimed that like that's the only world that they're good in other times yeah, you know that's not true but sometimes you find one and you're like yeah why it's just like in the canon, so I guess it's good.
1: Okay, this is weird. This this trivia says this is one of the most influential films in history. <laughs> and, but it says it names all these directors and others have all made films strongly inspired by it, but I don't know where anybody's... Like, it doesn't. But so these so- weren't
0: new ideas. Yeah. This was literally, most of the shit was out of like 1930s Mar films. Like this, What do you mean they were inspired by it? Like, <laughs> what? I don't know. I have to figure out... I'm, that just seems like bullshit to me. Like it's maybe I'm just maybe I'm just not smart enough.
1: I don't, I, I don't know, it must be taste cuz like I a lot of the people Yeah, yeah I mean I, saying that they like how it, it looks great, but I just don't like what happens in it.
0: Yeah, there's just a lot of different moving parts in filmmaking. Like it's not just the yeah. pure image. A lot of it's the image, um but there's a lot more going on too. Yeah, I mean I just to, just to clarify I'm not saying like if you really like this movie, you're stupid or it's a bad movie. It just I, like we were saying, like it's it's competently made. Derek, the one guy. Derek's <laughs> going fucking live text to me, fucking idiot. Hey. Um, uh, yeah, I just I it's good. It's fine.
1: Yeah, I'm going to have to watch some stuff talking about it afterwards cuz I'm not I, I just I'm be interested to see what people bring up about it other than like the pure auteurship of it. Uh mm. I mean you can have a movie that's incredibly stylistic and not that good. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Just as you were talking about the other day, the Great Divide in Avatar: The Last Airbender is the worst episode, and it's the most stylized. Dude, I will say I loved the animation in that episode. I got impressed yeah, like by animation. I like that they changed up the styles in those different stories. But yeah. That episode <laughs> that's the problem with it. Too bad it was bad. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, that uh, the, the and it, it really doesn't feel like there's much to say about this movie. Uh, I'm. Yeah, maybe we're
0: maybe we're just idiots, you know. Gotta be it. Tell us in the stupid. description. Tell us in the yeah, uh, us comments below. We're sort of we're sort of uh, an every man's film podcast.
1: We love everyone as long as you send us money on Patreon, which does not exist yet.
0: But we'll be there. We'll get there. Yeah, one day maybe. Probably not. Anyway, dude, okay. okay. Wait, hold on, hold on. These fucking I'm looking at the Wikipedia. These are all such a fucking reach, dude. Ryan Gosling's nameless protagonist in the similarly named 2011 film Drive uh, also shares many key characteristics with Jeff Postello. What the fuck are you talking about?
1: Because he doesn't talk?
0: What are you, what? Way different character. And hold on, how is it similarly named if it's called Drive and this is called the samurai? It's one one word, two words. Dude, I think that's what they're trying to say. Um, So many one-word fucking movie titles. This is a reach. This is a fucking reach. Hmm.
1: Jim Jarmusch paid homage to Le Samurai in the 1999 crime drama Ghost Dog, The Way of the Samurai, starring Forrest Whitaker as a meditative loner assassin who lives by the Bushido cold. (laughs) Justice Costello has a huge ring of keys that are nailed to Steal any Citroen DS, the hitman Ghost Dog, as an electronic key to break into luxury cars. Just
0: as, just as <laughs> he does this one thing, this guy does the fucking completely other thing. I mean, this, to be fair, this was the first movie to feature um, breaking into a car. <laughs> yeah. So it's gotta inspire it. I, I did like his like endless ring of keys. I thought that was funny. I thought that was funny, yeah. A lot yeah.
1: of his influence and legacy is, is really kind of scraping. Absolutely no, this is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> uh you know it's it's I don't know. It seems like a lot of people are like just kind of shilling for it for some reason. Like I don't. That's understand. what I'm
0: saying. Like even looking at these, it's like, what are you talking about? Like they like other people think it's really good, so you have to invent a reason why it's good now. I, I don't know. I, I don't. I
1: speak for the people.
0: Yeah, I don't know. No, I wouldn't. Like, uh, oh, I, I made this really interesting. That's probably where all these fucking Wikipedia things. I see this really interesting connection. We're cracking down
1: on Wikipedia. This goes all the way to the top, dude. Yeah, for real. Um, yeah, no, breaking I, point. I thought it was, I thought
0: it was good. Um, I would. I thought it was fine. Are you ready to give it a number? Yeah, I'll go first. You got yours in mind? Yeah, I do. I I want to I want to say five and a half, but it could be a six. I don't like doing the little the like ooh, cool. would, in between this, but probably five and a half. I uh, probably a six it was really incompetent
1: yeah yeah i i just uh yeah no i'm with it you it's better than a lot of sixes i'll yeah. say that
0: right it's just everything else that every, everything else is just not nothing <laughs> yeah no i agree with that yeah that's I, that's why i was like because it's not just average Like it looks great for the most part yeah but yeah
1: yeah, but the way that, like, the visuals don't always feel like they really serve the story, besides the set design. I thought a lot of the set design was great, like I said before, but but it's it just, like, there's not a lot for it to carry. Yeah. And, it,
0: uh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Just, like, hey, if writing isn't your, your thing, direct somebody else's movie. It'll be fun. Yeah. You get good imagery and good writing, like I mean, Chinatown.
1: That's what, like, kind of confuses me about a situation like this where it's just like what I was I'm wondering what part of the what part of the director was like showing in this movie. Like what what was he like telling the world? Like what did he feel like he was telling people with this movie?
0: Yeah, like it looks pretty good, but it's not really a statement. Which to yeah. me is like, you know, when I think of like a an auteur driven movie, it's like a very personal and like unique yeah story and theme and, and everything, along with the visuals and everything else. It's all encompassing. Yeah. This is just, he had, you know, a very important aspect of films, one would say, which is the visual aspect. But, you know, we've talked about this in the past too. Like it can only do so much if it's if there's nothing if it's not carrying anything, you know. Like it can't be as impactful, nearly as impactful if there's no like weight behind it. It's not doing something to like yeah. affect you. Yeah, no,
1: I, I agree. I mean like it's it's just a great vehicle for like no real message. <laughs> it just yeah.
0: doesn't use me even much. I don't know. Exactly how I felt about Umbrellas of Chairboard. I know. Except to a larger degree. <laughs> this was definitely better than that movie. Yeah, we'll see. <clears throat> no, it was. Hey, don't watch Umbrellas of Chairboard. That's I like recommendation.
1: It. Me and my friend Mason both really liked it. Not a lot there in terms of story like this one, but it's just a treat. There's really not a lot of movies that look like it to me. Um, that's how I feel. And, uh, you know, it's, gosh. I, I think it's important, especially in a country like America today, not to encourage divisiveness. I, I think everybody's opinion Here is valid, um, but Umbrellas of Cherbourg is just like kind of, kind of, kind of cool.
0: Well, let me say this, Tyler. If you like Umbrellas Let's of Cherbourg, of you're gonna love Les Amants. <laughs> they are saying.
1: the exact same movie, <laughs> all the same color scheme. Isn't the same, the same complaints? That's movie. all. That's
0: all I'm saying. Um... Um, I wonder if it's just something with like I just don't know much about French filmmaking. I wonder if that's just like a convention that it's just like not the story being nothing thing, but like the slower pace of it. I wonder if that's just like a convention I'm not used to like, I don't know because a lot of French, French, French people I've seen are like that um
1: speaking as someone who you know who my family is Acadian uh French people are generally slow and difficult to understand, and I think that um. They utilize that. They hide behind the idea that it makes them mysterious, but really, it's just they just have poor communication skills. Wow. Um, well, yeah.
0: honestly, I'm not, even, I'm not even waiting for them to do it. I'm canceling you right now, Tyler. Please do all that xenophobia now. I I'm want.
1: Gonna, to.
0: I'm going to leak this episode in advance <laughs> in French. Can you believe? I'm going to put this whole
1: episode into Google Translate to <laughs> France. Anyway, I love the uh. French. Paris is a great city.
0: Yeah, I haven't been there, but I've heard. Yeah, so that's that. Um, this week, I'm pulling a Tyler because I didn't pick a movie yet. Uh, so I'm going to take a quick I'm, look. Gotta love editing software, man. I don't even have to try. Korean. Honestly, we should leave all this in to be thematically consistent with Place Samurai.
1: I'm down. It's all about the space between the music. That's Debussy. <laughs> love that one. So profound. I, I love Debussy, though, that uh, I sincerely so don't come at me, French people. Come at me for the grand generalization xenophobia. Yeah, that I made about your people, but please don't come at French people.
0: Don't care. So for next week, um, I am choosing Knives Out, directed by our friend Ryan Johnson. Um, follow up to the uh, critically acclaimed but terrible Last Jedi. <laughs> Is that critically acclaimed? I'm pretty sure. It's like at least the highest rate of the other ones. Wow. Critics just love to pretend they like that one. It was the one that I enjoyed the most out of all of them. I would say that. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but um, so that's the movie I am picking. I just saw it's on Amazon for free, actually. So.
1: Speaking of things that are on Amazon for free, I'm choosing 2019's Under the Silver Lake, uh, directed by David Robert Mitchell. I don't know much about this movie besides the fact that people say it's really really good and people say it's really really bad so i can't wait to
0: find out what it is i'm looking at the art right now and i'm fucking ready
1: <laughs> i'm
0: down i'm so psyched cool yeah you know, bad movie once in a while I mean, we'll see <laughs> So. I remember you said the same thing about Les Samurai. Not the same thing. Les Samurai, you didn't have the some people say it's a really bad thing. Because evidently well, they don't.
1: Samurai, I just straight up said I don't know anything about it. But people say it's good. No, I, I, I think I had said that I saw that guy's other movie and I liked it. Well, like, we'll find out when we edit it. In uh, Melville's Under the Silver Lake, his follow-up to Le Samurai.
0: <laughs> no, guys, don't worry, it's not. We'll see how it measures don't worry, up. Don't worry, don't worry, different director. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Um, Bye. Cool.